Yeah, yeah, sure, that's fine. <laughs> What's happening, boys and ghouls? This is a special Halloween spooktacular coming at you from Future Sounds FM. In the absence of Enzo, you've got me, Tom, aka the Wicked Witcher to LimeWire, hosting today's show. We've got two guests for you today. First up, we've got Eventual Infinity, Payden. Payden hails from the west coast of the US, the land of Twin Peaks, Washington State. Yep. Hey, everyone. It's great to be here. Great to have you. Cool, and we've got uh, Winter Quilt from Spooky Liverpool. <laughs> Hello, everyone. He's alright. How's everybody doing? So, uh, yeah, uh, Chris, how's it? How's it going? So, mate, uh, tiring weekend. As, as I was saying to you before, haven't slept a wink in days. Like, so don't know what that's all about. But oh, good, can't complain. Well, it's a uh, spooky season, isn't it? You know, it's, it's hard to sleep. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. It's a uh, Goff's Christmas, as I like to call it. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So have you got have you got a quieter week ahead? Like, is it is it more quiet or um, uh, nah, less quiet with the with the kids off school? Yeah, so it's actually better for me in a way because um, I live in the north end of the city and I work in the city centre. So now um, my car died the other day for a start. So now I've got like a massive walk that is essentially the kids school run I've got to like drop one kid off of fucking his, his nans and we've got to get the other two kids to the breakfast club in school before eight <clears throat> and then I've got to get to the train station which is a 25 minute walk to like get to work so um yeah the fact that they're off Keep you fit, means though. that I don't have to do all that I can just go straight to work and the nan will come around here like so it's better for me to be fair so you've been an early riser recently, have you? Yeah, well, I am anyway, luckily, because I've got to be at the minute. It's ruthless. Mm-hmm. We've got a ruthless like, uh, schedule. <laughs> so uh, you'll, you, you'll have all this when yours get a bit older, like all the school runs, brutal, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You, you've worked jobs in the past with, with erratic hours, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, most of them, yeah. Yeah, taxi driver. So you're, you're used to being, being up, up at the witching hours. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I grab sleep when nice. I can. It's uh, rarely available. Cool. But <laughs> Maybe that comes out in your music. So yeah, and what about what about you, Payton? What's your news? Well, you know, with spooky season, every year I try to convince my uh, my partner that we need to get some skeletons for our balcony. But <laughs> the big mm-hmm. the big argument usually is um, where to put them when we're done. Like, what do we do after spooky season's over? We just can't leave them, leave them out there. Like our, you know, our homeowners association would probably get upset. So (laughs) that's usually what we always arrive at. It's like, what are we going to do with all this crap? So um, I think they could just go in the guest bedroom and just go in the guest bed and just like tuck them in. You know, um, yes, bury them. November you're supposed to put the skeletons are supposed to go in the closet, aren't exactly, they? Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, I got skeletons in the closet. So <laughs> I like I the know. idea of figure that up. I like the idea of you, you um, tucking them up in into the um, into the into the guest bedroom and then not telling the you know if you have someone to come and stay, just don't tell them about the skeletons. <laughs> just show them to the room. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's uh, Stephen and Louise. You just got to push them over. You know, they'll they'll make room for you. <laughs> hey, Payton, do you, do you ever see? Um, I always see people on Twitter like posting pictures of these huge like. 15 foot skeletons that yes. seem to be available in supermarkets in America is that a thing 
<laughs> yeah. So um, we were just in San Francisco a few weeks ago, and we saw one of those at a in in this house uh, in front of this house. It's like a fifteen or twenty foot tall skeleton. That's it. And it had this huge sign on it that said, "Be nice, you'll sleep better." And I was just like, "Oh <laughs> shit! All right." It's kind of ominous positivity coming from the giant skeleton over there. Yeah, he needs to get one of them. <clears throat> I'm dead jealous. I think I've seen Alpha Chrome Yayo like talk about how he's got that they don't sell them over the years looked and stuff, but seems to be an American thing. You love everything larger in life, don't you? So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, including the skeletons. Yep. Mm. What about you, Jay? You Jay, you've got you've got the most exciting news out of out of all of us. You've got uh, there's been a new arrival into the world. Yes, Jay. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so had um, me and me and Kira had our second child. Uh, he turned three weeks old today on the day we're, we're we're recording, which is a Sunday, I believe. Nice. Kind of lost track of mm-hmm. time and space, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's been it's been amazing. It's been um, tiring, uh, but we are we're both absolutely buzzing over the moon. Boss, uh, is right, Tom. Yeah. Happy, happy times. Young Ted. How many kids have we got between between us all now? It's sort of six kids, I think. Uh, f- uh, yeah, I think that's six, right. Three, yeah. three, three, two, one, three, two, one, zero. Yeah, yeah. Payton's laughing. You need to get going, yeah. Payton. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy being Uncle Payton right now. Hey, do, do you know what, mate? I, yeah. I always say this. Like, as much as it's amazing to have kids. If you're the kind of person that doesn't want kids, that's the actual like dream. That if you know you don't want kids yeah. and you don't have kids, that's the life. Like so, I, I I always knew I wanted kids, so it would have been disappointing if it didn't. But if you don't, if you know you don't want them, so that's a life that made them jealous. Yeah, yeah. Being, being uncle is the best, right? Yeah, you, yeah. You know, just have fun. You know, teach them some new dirty jokes, and then I'm then I just leave. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Get them pissed with chaos merchants. <laughs> <laughs> but congrats, Jay. That's awesome. Yeah, made up for you, Jay. Uh, thanks, guys. I felt like such a tit when I was like hounding him constantly about the album, and he's like, his, <laughs> ma- his, his beard's about to pop any minute. Like, uh, but uh, I'm glad <laughs> he's fine. That's okay. Me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really. I, I, I've got to be honest. I didn't really put that much um, work into the actual, you know, like uh, uh, growing of Conception. the baby. So I'm not going to take too much credit. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's exciting. He's finally here because uh, baby's sort of loomed large over the last few episodes of the podcast, right? We've been sort of, um, if you listen back to, to previous shows, you can probably sort of, uh, you know, document his his. We kind of documented his impending arrival, didn't we? Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. He could have could have arrived at any time, and um, you know, I know, I know you were a little bit sort of worried during first leg of this America trip that he, he might arrive in the second leg uh you know you didn't you didn't go on because you were you were fairly sure yeah he was going to arrive early he seemed to be suggesting that it was time and then um actually was like oh no no not quite ready yet mm-hmm. we're cold feet yeah and then actually ended up coming uh like um a week late I think a week or just like a bit over a week late so you know but he's here now he's here he's, now. He, he's healthy and well right? he's happy he's healthy he's awesome I'm happy. Kira's happy. Ollie's happy. Lovely. Perfect. Beautiful. I was the uh, I was the existing child with him. Is he just made up like or is there an element of like jealousy? Because I've seen that a few times myself personally, where like the oh, older no. sibling tries to kill the baby on, <laughs> on the regular. 
<laughs> no, we haven't had any of that stuff. We haven't had any of that stuff. I mean, Ollie's Ollie's like just buzzing to be an older brother, you know. Uh, like um, as soon uh, from the moment we told him, he was like super excited. So amazing. Uh, How old's Ollie? He's just he's just turned four. Okay, perfect. Literally. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a boss age. That a boss age gap. That one and four. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think he's like he's like he's like old enough to understand that he needs to look after you know help look after him and um, also to understand like that he's not going to be able to like play Mario Kart figures and stuff. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> that takes a while, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Give it a few months. Yeah, exactly. Give him a chance, Lee. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good to be here, mate. I'm, I'm really happy for you. Oh, thanks. Thanks, guys. Means a lot. That's lovely. Um, I don't have any news as exciting as that. Like, my, my baby's old news now. Um, <laughs> my, the most exciting thing that um, that I've got, uh, you know, that's, that's new and noteworthy is um, I kind of uh, stirred the pot a little bit, the social saw, media yeah. pot a little bit, because um, en- Enzo asked me to, to write a few words about the kind of the state of Vaporwave um and i kind of um uh waded in a little bit on some of these kind of debates about um corporate vaporwave and sampling and vaporwave sellouts and blah 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 um potentially a little bit hackneyed but um you know it was it was fun to sort of come out of my writing retirement because <laughs> i used to used to do a bunch more um and you know we've had some kind of interesting reactions from the usual suspects and you know from from some other people who've kind of engaged with this this essay so yeah um essay's very grand it's kind of a long <laughs> blog post or a short essay but yeah if you um if you're interested in reading um you know it's it's all over the the future sounds twitter account and um if you go to um the future sounds website as well you can read it as well um yeah um just just it's always it's always interesting to engage with people and yeah one of my conclusions really is like the fact that people have these debates and discussions is probably evidence enough that, um, you know, Vaporwave still exists, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're not barking at the moon with, with, with these um, uh, conversations, right? Like uh, we're getting some sort of lively responses, which I think is, is healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm, a good read. I'm really looking forward to reading that, to be honest. So it's a bit bloody long. What is a Vaporwave sellout? Because, you know, like... <laughs> Of all the things with Vaporwave I see used the most in like uh, kind of the commercial setting, it, it's the aesthetic, like the visual yeah. aspect of it. You see a lot of that with like stage design and like, you know, mainstream rappers and, you know, pop stars yeah, are sure. using Glass Vapor- Animals. Yeah. Glass Animals really copped it, didn't they? Apparently, um, I think it was Little Mix who are like a sort of UK girl band. <laughs> uh, my friend was sending me um, Instagram stories from their show and they, you know, they're just like... They're like basically the UK pussycat dolls, and <clears throat> like their their stage background was like kind of pure Windows XP kind of um, yeah, it was like, software gore. Yeah, it was like glitchy. <laughs> what the fuck's that got to do with anything? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah well. Were you at the show, Jay? No, 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 no. You you sent me the you're thing. A, you're I'll a little just... mix fan. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no. I was just gonna say yeah, it was like that sort of like um, do you know, like I don't know if you remember when you were. This, was, this would have been a long time ago, but if you ever used like a school computer and it was like proper slow, and then you like if you like moved, uh, you know, picked up a window and like moved it around, and it left yeah. the sort of um, trail of oh yeah yeah, yeah it tessellates, doesn't it? Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that kind of stuff, isn't it? I think I've seen the video that you're talking about. I've not seen this. <laughs> this is this is news to me, but 
It's, it's, yeah, it's just random clips from a Little Mix gig. I'm not surprised you haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I've paid, and I think you're right that, that like, um, the, the visual aesthetic um, is, like, much easier to translate into, into, like, a mainstream or corporate space than, than the Sonics, actually, because, like, you know, like, Vaporwave can be, like, quite jarring. Like, there's, there's some things that are smooth about it, but there's some things that are very jarring. Like, there's, there's, there's not much of a, of a Vaporwave sound in the kind of musical mainstream, really. No. No, it's, yeah, I mean, like... like as, as, far as, as far as I'm concerned, like, the only... The only artist who has gone like absolutely stratospheric is is Daniel Lopatin, and I, I think actually like weirdly he doesn't seem to be a name that that comes up in this criticism. Like it, it seems to be George Clanton a lot of the time, and like you know George, George runs like a very successful business and does very well for himself. But I doubt he's like a multi millionaire, you know. No, definitely not. I know it's a uh, strange it's, like uh, yeah. I, I seem to it's it's. I sh- I get away with murder to be honest within the vaporwave scene because like my music it's so it's so annoying <clears throat> because like I get people because I've talked about vaporwave to like friends and kind of like acquaintances for so long the people always say like like oh I'll, I'll have to check your music out because the like to get an yeah. idea of what vaporwave is because I talk about being involved in this kind of vaporwave scene and like I'm the worst person's music to listen to if you want to know what vaporwave sounds like you know what I mean but. <laughs> I don't seem to get that much heat for it, even though there's blast beats all over my music, whereas you guys play a bit of guitar live and it's like a problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I think like the... It's funny, it's funny what people take against, isn't it? Yeah, but like the vaporwave scene for me was just like a really interesting, innovative uh, space. And within that, there's lo- so many different interpretations and I've never really obviously there's like classic vaporwave and vaporwave subgenres but I've always just seen it as a space a creative musical space where like people interact and stuff um, yeah I reckon that's a newer thing isn't it I think that's what some is, of these yeah. more disparaging voices are taking against which is that like the the kind of original vaporwave sound is now like a subgenre of like a much broader umbrella genre yeah. I think that's what they're, they're lamenting right they want they want that to be vaporwave full stop they don't like vaporwave being like a, a general term that encompasses exactly like, yeah a very wide range of things but you know you, you can't you can't put it back right yeah like it's it, it, it's happened so fast like with a genre like metal <clears throat> there was a very like particular sound that was like heavy metal for quite a long time and if you showed someone from like the early the origin days of metal like someone who was into Black Sabbath and like Led Zeppelin and you showed them gore grind now they wouldn't they wouldn't <laughs> think yeah. they'd say that, that that isn't metal I don't even know what that is it's not even music but like with Vaporwave yeah. that process <laughs> happened in like in like four years so everyone's flipping out in yeah. real time but in reality it's just subgenres and umbrella charts of different interpretations and it's become like just an yeah. experimental the, the, the change in metals like happens over a longer period exactly, of time, exactly, right? Like, yeah. it, like I'm, I'm an outsider, but it's like to my ears, it's like the like kind of bluesy sound has got less and less, yeah. and maybe coming back in now. But like that's that seems to be the big change, right? Like yeah, you don't yeah. get these kind of bluesy. You know, like you listen to Black Sabbath, right? And like yeah. Bill Bill Ward was like a big band drummer, right? Like yeah. he's, he's swinging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like as you say, it's happened so slowly and so gradually that it's like been accepted. There's all these like subgenres, but yeah, like vaporwave, it's all happened in the course of it's accelerated by the internet and like just the way things work yeah. these days, and it's a strange thing to be a part of. Like, that's kind of the, the 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 reason why 
we thought it'd be fun to put you guys on the pods mm-hmm. together, right? Because you both kind of associated with the vaporwave scene yeah, despite yeah. making very sort of genre divergent and genre diverse music. And you've both got two records coming out very, very soon. Um, uh, depending on where we put, when we put out this pod, like the records might just have come out. So um, hopefully there'll still be a, a, a copy or two left to, to pick up. If you know, <laughs> you're, you're hearing about these artists for the first time and you want to you pick up a record. Um, but yeah, so, so Payton, um, Eventual Infinity, you've got a record called uh, Deep Cover coming out on Time Slave, which is uh, you know, uh, normally a, a kind of synthwave imprint. Uh, and that's that's coming out on the 28th of October, right? Yeah. Yeah, and when I was originally thinking kind of what to do with this this album, it's it's kind of hard to place it because it, it does cover so many genres. But the one thing yeah. that's really consistent throughout is it is so synth-heavy. You know, anybody um, who knows, like, my style and sound design, I... I mean, I spend most of my time on YouTube or when I'm watching YouTube, like watching synth videos and like trying to find <laughs> new sounds. I'm like constantly chasing sound. And what like I'm, what like um, tutorial videos or like. Yeah. Remember, or like, so or like, or like demos or. Yeah. Different demos, um, different. Uh, you know, I really love like Heinbach and, um, oh, yeah. y- you know, all these YouTube personalities that find just all these strange synthesizers. And uh, I, I love like um, like Geosynths. Um, he's he's I think he's based in the UK. Um, he uh, he is a fantastic sound designer and he does like um, I think it's either weekly or biweekly. He does like a, a podcast and he has different guests from just the synth community. Um, he just interviewed Marcus Ryle, who was involved in the uh, the new Oberheim synth, the OBX8. Yeah. And so I just Lovely. like I just love synthesizers. So um a lot of like the the tracks evolve kind of like synthwave they're very cinematic even though it expands tons of different genres like footwork trap drum and bass there's some ambient you know dream punk all sorts of different stuff so um that's you know why i decided to take a shot and reach out to you uh jay and kind of see what you thought and we kind of had a hard time placing it at first you know we were <laughs> we were talking back and forth quite a bit about where it should go yeah, yeah. And you know, but it it makes the most sense on Time Slave because of that I, that kind of like synthy influence throughout the album. It makes sense to me. Like I think um, if uh, uh, to go on my pet flamingo, what you should have done is to just sample those uh, synth demonstration videos. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't, don't have to go out and actually don't go and buy buy the equipment. Just like what they called um, all presets, no talking. Those videos, yeah. just oh, sample yeah. some of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, um, Jay, we, we did that a bunch on um, on uh, Miracle on Miracle Lounge on our first album. Like, actually, yeah. the first song we made is called Dimensions, and like all the sounds come from like a really boring tutorial of um, like the Boss Dimension chorus pedal. Like all the loops, all the sounds and stuff. All nice. Come from that. That's great. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Payton, I'm, I'm so glad that you um, like uh, put more effort in than than that. Because um, like it sounds like you've done a shitload of research, you've bought some beautiful in- beautiful instruments, you've learned how to work these beautiful instruments, and then you know you've you've used them in a very sort of composerly cinematic manner to like uh, put together this this piece of work that um, 
it's just got very sort of strong logic, like logical threads through it. And it has like just incredible dynamics, like both in terms of, you know, volume and stuff, but just like also in terms of the frequency content, like it's got, you know, really powerful, impactful bass and just like really um, uh, bright and um, in your face kind of modern highs and stuff as well. Like it's, it's just really full frequency. It's really impactful. Um, and it feels it feels like a cinematic experience rather than just like a an oral one. So it's you know it's a, it's a dead impressive piece of work. You should be yeah. very pleased with yourself. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. so much. I mean, it did take a lot of time trying to figure out how to work in these different synths. And some, I call them kind of uh, like my ghosts because there's a lot of synthesizers that I don't have anymore that are are recorded and used in this album too. Um, and it's always yeah. weird kind of looking through the files and it's like, oh, I haven't had a Prophet 6 in like two years now. Like, where did I get this sound from? And, you know, thinking back, um, it's just, it's tons of different sound design experiments and um, uh, like some of it, like I had this, I had a Moog Matriarch, which I just sold and I had it for a good two years and there's a lot of Matriarch in this album. And that was just such a fun synth to sit in front of because it has these patch points. It's semi-modular and you can just yeah. like get lost in it. And that's what I, I, I would love. It's like if I'm stuck on a song, I would sit in front of the matriarch and just noodle on it and just mess with all the different knobs and try and figure out what sounds could work in it. And um, in one of the songs, uh, Final Heaven, uh, there's just this, uh, this kind of like searing lead sound about halfway through and that is all matriarch yeah, super it's, like, it's like three or four different takes of that matriarch and i'm just messing with like the lfo and just winding all sorts of crazy stuff up and that's why like synthesizers over you know i i use tons of plugins of course but it's like when i'm stuck on a song or i'm trying to come up with ideas i just sit in front of a synth and just go crazy until i come up with something really cool and then just push record and have fun so um yeah Thank you. That sounds like you've got a really um, healthy relationship with gear because, like, obviously, like gear can be like such a trap. Like, I know um, this this thing, gas, right? Gear gear acquisition syndrome, which I think um, the <laughs> Steely Dan boys coined. I think that's their phrase. Um, like, the the it doesn't sound like you've fallen into the trap of just like accumulating expensive stuff and then then not using it or just like posting pictures on Reddit of your like lovely collection. Like, I, did, <laughs> I think the fact that you buy this stuff, learn how to use it, use it, sell it. Is actually it's healthy and it's actually healthier than, than than people who hoard expensive plugins as well. Oh yeah, that's an easy trap to get into with plugins because I mean it's all yeah. it's all you know consumerism at its core. Um, and if you get kind of yeah. stuck in those traps, it it can be kind of dangerous because it's easy to buy buy stuff. Like if you have money yeah. or you have credit, you can just buy stuff and it gives you the a dopamine hit. Whereas like sitting down and practicing and learning takes time and effort. So. I yeah. do burn yeah. through a lot of gear, but I, I'm finally at a place where I feel like I just have a few kind of hardware synthesizers and then I use plugins. It's just, it's nice to have the gear when it's, you know, it's a self-contained instrument that's beautiful and inspiring and it's fun to just sit in front of and play. But <laughs> there's so many, like the algorithms and the sound quality of plugins, it's just gotten so good, especially in like the last few years. Yeah. It's just insanity. So I mean, when you look at companies like Roland, I mean, Roland isn't really releasing any analog synthesizers. Like most of them are kind of, they call them plug out or VST kind of in a box or, you know, yeah. virtual analog type stuff. 
And a lot of companies are yeah. kind of moving past this analog resurgence already, which is funny. It's like the snake has already eaten its tail and now we're going into more FM and wavetable and virtual analog stuff again. It's just funny how it all kind of cycles and it's all trendy and it's, you know, it's all fashion. We um we sort of spoke briefly uh like before recording about this um like Matt Healy from the 1975 has been saying some sort of very boring things about about plugins and saying like you know speaking from a position of immense privilege being like oh you, you shouldn't use plugins they don't <laughs> right. have this warm sound blah 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 like you need to buy like beautiful vintage instruments and then he talks about JV1080 doesn't he which is like a fucking rompler like yeah. it's it's such a crazy thing that that people are fe- like vaporwave people fetishize those sounds but like i think a little bit ironically right yeah but he seems to he seems to have, uh, he doesn't seem to possess irony that much that's like uh, there was somebody else who said it's like everybody needs a you know a 303 and not like a clone you need the yeah. real deal you need the real thing and it's like yeah. why I think it was Fatboy Slim who said that recently yeah. well, there's a Fatboy Slim song isn't it but I think I think he I think he's spoken that the clones aren't yeah. the same it's just absurd it's like whatever is inspiring and whatever helps you make music it it really doesn't matter anything anything outside of that it just doesn't matter yeah it's like the people so people who are all in on plugins and say like hardware doesn't matter at all. They're missing the fact that it's like hardware, you have a self-contained instrument that you don't need to update, you have forever, and it's, well, as long as you can pay for the repairs and stuff down the road. But like, you have a self-contained instrument that's fun to just sit in front of and play. But what the people that are all in on hardware miss about the plug-in people is that they don't care about that. They just see these tools as like a means to the end and they'd, they'd rather just sit in front of their computer and be in the zone and just click through and do all the automation with mouse clicks and they have a good workflow figured out. So it's just kind of funny that they're both kind of missing the point when they they butt heads and argue. It's like whatever helps you make music, it it really doesn't matter. This is this is the thing and this is this is like te- like looping back to what, what um to Tom's um, article you wrote about the this is not vaporwave and that kind of thing. Like just let people fucking make music and have fun that's like do you know what i mean like why is it got to be like a constant sort of um this is how you do it and this is how you need to do this thing it's like my process of making music would be massively different to someone else's and that's fine and that's great and we're both going to come up with completely different things like why can't we just um enjoy that and and you know support each other to do it like to make even yeah. more things that are great and better yeah you know? it's the creation of the music that's like the point and like in my experience a lot of people who like focus too much on the gear are the ones that don't tend to make as much music because <clears throat> they're waiting for these next few steps in their setup before they, they're ready to start making music just yeah. just use what you've got yeah, you're never ready and, and make music and then as time goes on build up your collection by all means but like it's not about the gear it's about the creation of music you know what I mean you, you can get like option paralysis with gear and uh, whether it be like software or hardware just use stock yeah. plugins you know what I mean like make just make some fucking music yeah like yeah. my my first my first Kid Neon album that I made in 2017 I didn't even have monitor speakers it was that was just headphones and logic and I was just using the like um uh, stock logic plugins which i don't know yeah, 2017 yeah. probably would have been logic 9 maybe i don't know when yeah. i don't know when logic 10 came out that's what brian eno uses still right Log- logic stock plugins are naughty uh, yeah wicked yeah you don't need anything yeah, else with logic like they might like, have all the doors i've played with like i feel like the the, the logic stock plugins are outstanding 
transition but yeah you, oh, sure. you mentioned yeah, yeah. final heaven i think i think i think we should play that i think uh final heaven is like a, a really good sort of uh summation of of the record as a whole um i suspect that might have been why why you chose to play it yeah it was it was one that it's such a weird combination of styles and it 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 fits kind of with my back catalog but also kind of pushing my my sound forward too so yeah, I chose it just because it is it's one of those tracks that just evolved and changed over time as I worked on it. It started as just like a sound design experiment. I was actually listening to a lot of Sophie and um yep. you know, just an such an iconic, unforgettable sound. You listen to Sophie and it's just like, yeah, that's Sophie. So I was just trying to I was messing around with some of those concepts and usually when I do that, I just start going off on some tangent. And that's exactly what happened with this track. So um, it took a lot of inspiration from, you know, footwork, uh, trap, hard style. Yeah, some Gabba. Gabba, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I said hard style, definitely. Definitely hard style. Yeah, just that yeah. pounding kick and, yeah. you know, super saw. <laughs> so there's like some trance influence in there, which I grew up listening to a lot of trance in high school um, and like techno and um, a lot of rave music and stuff. So, it's it's kind of just a combination of all the things I love in electronic music into this weird morphing. It has this kind of like everything's blend like especially if you listen to it on headphones or really nice speakers or something, it's all just kind of like swirling and morphing into each other. And I made the transitions almost like mutate and stuff like that. And a lot of it is um I have uh, I use the UDO Super Six. Um, which is one of my favorite synths and also a lot of matriarch in this one. And those synths, they have like this panel that's very easy, a lot of sliders and knobs and it's all, you know, knob per function. So you can very easily morph the sound and it does all these really interesting changes into each section. Um, Wicked. Let's, let's play it.
How are we doing on the on the coughs, boys? I'm so good now. Yeah, I've been now, holding it's them just in. me. <laughs> Wicked. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cue us back in. All right. Okay. So, um, all right. That that was uh, Final Heaven from the Eventual Infinity album Deep Cover, which is out on the 20th of October on Time Slave Recordings. Um, it's amazing piece of work, Payton. Amazing piece of work. Um, Thank you. I, I listened to the record uh, a, a few times, and like uh, to my ears, uh, like it's got like a um, like really impactful, really big middle section of which sort of Final Heaven is kind of the centerpiece, and then then around it, there's some kind of more kind of subtle and immersive and even sort of ambient stuff like um just some things i wanted to pick out like um i was really fascinated by the sort of uh female voice that kind of permeates a few tracks of the records like it um gives me sort of tyrell corporation blade runner vibes like i'd I'd, I'd be interested to hear like what the if there's a story like whose voice it is like what's going on there yeah so um this is with with eventual infinity i'm i'm kind of a uh, sneaky sampler and sometimes i'll beat you know the listener over the head with samples and stuff like that um so some of those uh some of those especially like the guided meditation stuff on if you listen to my discography uh uh there's always some meditation sample or something in it because I do, I do a lot of mindfulness, and it's a it's a big part of my life. So sometimes I'll be listening to these guided meditations and stuff, and it just like it sticks with me. And I just want to, I really enjoy incorporating that stuff into my music because it does add to the hypnotic, um, immersive effect of the music. Um, so, but but you also hit it right on the head. So um, a lot of the themes or are the kind of the theme of this album it's very you know sci-fi um cinematic um a lot of uh dream punk cyberpunk type um themes and stuff like that throughout it um but one track in particular that is original uh vocals uh well actually i should say i use some of my voice in some of it so I did use some of, um, like, I would make sounds <laughs> with my mouth, either drum or, like, percussion stuff that it's buried in with the percussion. Also breathing and different um, sound effects and stuff like that. But the other original vocals in there are in the last track, which is an incredible ending to the yeah. album uh, with Data Girl. So um, ah yeah, it's so unbelievable, it my Peyton. <laughs> and she and she's she's singing she's singing the DA's era, isn't she? Yes. Yep. So yeah, got we that. we had very talked, spooky Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> we had talked about it a long gosh forever ago. It seemed like, and we were always just like, yeah, we'll you know we'll work together. Uh, we actually met each other at the Electronic on Two tape swap, where we both um, uh, kind of had our our live premiere in the vaporwave community. Um, so, uh, but we, we just, you know, talked online and stuff and it's like, oh, we want to do something together. want to do something together. And it was actually a YouTube video talking about, uh, DSE Ray, how it's found everywhere in movies, TV, um, you know, anytime something bad is happening, it's almost always copying that the DSE Ray. So yeah, it's like a cliche motif, isn't it? Like it's like a shorthand for kind of, um you know, doom or whatever. Yeah. So we tried to, uh, uh, you know, I, I sent her the track and then she, um, sent me back the vocals and some other synth parts. And she added some, 
um, intense drumming and stuff like stuff like that. And it completely changed the tone of the track. I think I thought it was. Oh wow! Be just so, the, like, so the drums are the drums are data girl, are they? Yeah. So the um, like I the, thought it was Hans Zimmer, <clears throat> right? The really cinematic, like do 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 that stuff is yeah. that's all her. And um, so wow, big up data girl. So when she sent me that, it was just like, okay, this track has to be bigger. I was thinking it was just going to be some kind of like ambient interlude type track. But then I said, you know what? This has got to be kind of like the crown jewel. This uh, this has to be like the epic crescendo conclusion to the album. So I added um, more to the end and then, you know, s- sampled her vocals a little bit, added more parts to the end to really make it that this ending um, um, kind of epic ending to the album. And, and it ended up working perfectly. So <clears throat> I was very thankful to be able to work with her. And she's she's awesome to work with. So. It was, uh, yeah, it was really, really well. Cool. So Jay and I worked with her, like, and did something like weirdly similar. Actually, like the it, Jay is it is Spirit Receiver the final track on Midnight Store? I, don't, I can't even remember, but it's, um, it's, it's certainly like it's kind of when when things start to go a bit wrong. But yeah, uh, you know, she she sent us some vocals that that do something kind of similarly. Uh, I don't know, spiritual or yeah. ominous. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's singing, what she's saying, receive my soul just over and over and over again. It's got this kind of hymnal yeah. thing, which I think makes sense, right? Because her, her background's in choral music, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, you know, the the whole like heaven cry thing that she was she was playing around with uh, reflects that as well. Like it's clearly like a big part of her her personality and her musical sound is this, this um, like her kind of relationship with, with church music and choral music. Um, so it's really, really cool to hear that. Yeah, I, I didn't know for sure that it was Data Girl, but I, I had like a, a sneaking suspicion. I'm, I'm very glad to have it confirmed. Oh, yeah. That's for sure her. And she just added so much that we're... That's what I love about collaborating with people and when I'm doing remixes for people or working on a project with someone. It's like all of a sudden shit gets real. And it's like, okay, I, now I want to like push this track even further. And it's like when someone else's name on it uh, name is on it as well. I just want to do the best I can absolutely do to, um, you know, because it's it's not just my name at that point; it's someone else's. So I want to, you know, help elevate them um, as well. So you know, take it to the um, next level. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah, it forces you to 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 raise your game, doesn't it? Like if you're if yeah, if you're playing with somebody nuts on your sports team, right? Like they're insanely good, right? You you you, you want to elevate your game to not make a fool of yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we should switch to chatting about um, Chris's Winter Court record in a second, but yeah, just like one final thing I wanted to say about about Deep Cover is, like, I heard kind of two things, two things kind of pricked pricked my ears up, like uh, that kind of relevant to to Chris's record and just relevant to what we talk about on this podcast, like. Um, definitely heard like a big influence from sort of video game music and in particular this kind of like rapid sort of jungle program drum and bass kind of thing which is is kind of uh, something we discussed in great length when we had pizza hotline on our show like um is that something conscious like is it is it sort of slightly anglophile thing like listening to jungle and drum and bass or does it all come from video games like what's what's the kind of source of that um yeah i think it kind of goes back to um just my 
my uh, musical upbringing within the rave community. I just, I've always mm-hmm. loved jungle and drum and bass. Of course, video game music, um, JRPGs. I grew up playing piano and um, I played a lot of video game music was kind of how I learned. Uh, so I think there's some of that, of course. That's a, a big influence in my music. Um, but also just trying to push my style outside of kind of the, the things I tend to gravitate to or, towards naturally. So I've never made a drum and bass track before. I've never made a hard style track before. I've never done a chopped up like piano ambient track before. And it was like, that was what a lot of this album was, was experiments and trying to push my sound even further and make kind of a bigger than life, hi-fi anxious look towards the future. So um, I think that's all kind of, that all kind of fit into it. And I knew after having, you know, a track like Final Heaven, I wanted to keep pushing keep pushing and really you know go at an even faster beats per minute but then i knew at that point we're already maxed out so that's why i did you know like a very hard chop into a very slow ambient chopped up in 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 between right yeah yeah just kind of it's like whiplash it's like you're going at the speed of light and then all of a sudden you're weightless and you're in this kind of weird ambient state so um yeah, it's it's hard to say if it's any one influence. It's it's just kind of pushing my sound and really trying to do stuff outside of my comfort zone. Cool. And you you said footwork as well. That that, that I hear some of that kind of crazy tempo stuff in in yeah. light speed, which is aptly named, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's a slightly bonkers sound in that as well. I've written my notes say mad banjo sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has like a Mario Kart. It's like a Mario Kart. Yeah. Um, banjo kind of arpeggiated yeah, things. Like yeah. what's 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 that level called? So Jay, Jay, you'll know America Kart with all the like big cows. It's called like Moo Moo. Yeah, yeah. Farm or something. Uh, oh, absolutely. Farm or... Oh, is it yeah, yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I heard like there's some <laughs> of, um, <laughs> oh, lightning yeah. fast beats is wicked. Yeah, yeah, really got my attention. And yeah, and as you say, like just like it's it's kind of reached like a, a peak, and then and then the the lovely kind of tape piano piece afterwards the in between piece which is probably like the most vaporwave moment as well right like it's you hear all those tape artifacts and like mucking around with time and stuff absolutely really cool really impressive yeah it's all it's all just chop and screw piano music on that one um and then i added some other you know strings and little twinkles and stuff in that but that's probably the most vaporwave track but yeah, it's through, gorgeous but throughout the album there's field recordings that I've done and also samples I found um, kind of woven in to add to these weird kind of spaces and when you listen to it in headphones you can really hear these weird kind of ambient spaces ones um, on um, uh, detach that track when it goes into the breakdown where everything kind of glitches and stuff that's actually it's like that ambience in the background is a it's a some like a Japanese airport so it's almost like a mall soft breakdown and then it comes back into like this heavy ass you know dream punk um uh, uh it's a Subaris inspired track uh if you know Subaris, a mall soft um, breakdown I, I love that yeah a mall soft breakdown <laughs> <laughs> that's cool wicked well if, you, if you're not familiar with Eventual Infinity already uh check out their work like I, I've, I've been a fan for, for a long long time I remember finding um, it's called Feel isn't it really early record right the, the, with the pink cover yeah we, we chatted about it didn't we I think yeah 
Yeah, and on Twitter, I remember when Donor Lens popped up and you were coming out with, uh, you know, Miracle Lounge and it was just so crazy. Yeah. With, I, our, with our own um, airport breakdown music. Yeah. <laughs> Break, breakdown in the airport. Right. Ner- nervous, nervous breakdown in the airport. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's been cool watching your your uh, project grow and grow. It's like, it's just, it seems like it's exponential, you know, um, with your live performances. Oh, and it's sl- and slowed down a bit because we've been um, pu- pushing out babies. But um, yeah. we've, we've, got, we've got big things planned. Yeah. We didn't do the, the baby pushing. Big things becoming. Uh, big things coming. Big things coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Babies and albums. But yeah, yeah. Um, you got, got to check out Deep Cover out on the 28th of October on uh, Time Slave Records. Really, really astonishing piece of work, I think. I think people are going to be amazed, right? Like, um, I think the, the synthwave crowd's going to love it as well because this is synth, synth, synth. Yeah. I think people are going to love it. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Let's uh, switch to talking about um, Chris's records. Um, so again, you know, like uh, on the theme of sort of unlikely records being released on unlikely labels. Um, <laughs> this is a ha- this is a, a Halloween release. Is, is that right, Chris? It's, it's literally coming yeah, out on Halloween yeah. itself. It is, yeah, yeah. Certainly Wicked. Is. So um, right, let, let me say the title of this because um, <laughs> I fucking love saying it. Uh, <laughs> the new Wintercourt album is called Monster Island and the Satan of Fire. <laughs> yeah, it's so rad. It's so rad. I get goosebumps saying that, man. What's, what's the what's the what's the story there? Oh, mate, it, it's the story starts a long time ago of this album. Um, I'm not sure like how how much I've actually told you of the origins of this album. I know I've certainly alluded mm-hmm. to the basics, like. Um, yeah. It's been a long time in the works, right? It has, long, yeah. Long time. It, it has. So, like, um, this album was kind of like demoed in 2007, um, which it's a, it's a funny one because, like, so my old project, like my first project, even after like having learned the guitar for a little bit of time and like become competent enough to want to start writing under a moniker. Um, my first project was called Uncle Ghost and it was essentially like me making all the music with my friend Gilly who did like all the lyrics and like some of the vocals like most of the vocals to be fair and uh, we formed Uncle Ghost we made like one really awful EP that ended up being like the Texas Boneyard like my, my first kind of like full uh, album was Winter Quilt which wasn't really my first because it was like a remix of this old Uncle Ghost album from like 2004 like actually sampling it and like turning it into kind of like um, lo-fi house or haunted house as I called it uh, so <laughs> so like after that incarnation of Uncle Ghost my other mate Mike got involved and he was like messing around with programming drums and reason at the time this is like 2005 six. And, like, he was writing these, like, sick, like, uh, programming, these sick, like, blast beat kind of drum parts. So I decided to, like, just, like, tell him to send me some of these things he was coming up with, and I was, I'd, like, write some riffs over it. And that, like, kind of a uh, collaboration grew into Monster Island and The Satan of Fire. Uh, we, we, it was six tracks back in the day. It's only five now. I, I cut one of them out. But, like... The, the actual name Monster Island and the Satan of Fire came, I think it was like literally some random Japanese video game that we just really liked the, the name of the 
the, the title. Uh, I've since Googled it recently, like, and I can't find anything about it anywhere. So I suspect, given given the time that this like was all happening, I don't know. I was probably like stoned, and I've misrem. I've like probably re like misnamed it. It probably wasn't even called that because a yeah. Google search would have brought it up. You know what I mean? Uh, but but like yeah, so we 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 demoed this uh, this album. Never got finished. Only one track had vocals. Like it was a uh, songwriting wise. It was like always. I always deemed it as my greatest work. But like it wasn't mixed and it wasn't finished. And time passed and it kind of got buried. And it was always this like gnawing, aching, like tragedy to me that we never finished it and like me and Mike would always talk about it like over the years we need to get this finished Um so like yeah like when I started making music with a DAW in like 2018 or whatever it was like halfway in like probably around oh Discordia I started to realise that I was like gaining the technical capabilities to start considering uh, remaking Monster Island and the Satan of Fire as a Winter Quilt album. And, like, obviously, back in the day, it was guitar-based compositions over programmed drums. So I was starting to, like, realise that I was going to be able to make it in MIDI because, like, Winter Quilt's a MIDI metal project at, at this point in its career, you know, at this point in its uh, incarnation. I thought you were a Vaporwave act. Yeah, well, that's the thing, yeah. It's so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I like, think uh, it is actually like incredibly vaporwave. This this like plundering your past kind of idea, right? Like exactly like yeah. digging through the archives and and resurrecting well, like a, a a ghost, right? Yeah, or, I think that, that's all the most the that's the most vaporwave stuff, thing about it. All of the Winterfell stuff has been uh, taking songs that I wrote a long time ago and um, and reworking them into like a a new form. Um, like, but the thing is, though, like with all this cordium of him, it was like elements of old songs incorporated into elements of new songs, and you know, like mixed, mixed and mashed. Whereas Monster Island, this state in the fire, is like a pretty faithful recreation from start to finish. Obviously, there's like new compositions and there's like new parts that weren't in the originals, but like in terms of the flow of the album, the track list, and just the songs in general, it's kind of like a midi re- reimagining with like lots of extra genres thrown in because the original was like just you know Anal Nathrak worship where we obviously cover a track by Anal Nathrak as the as the fifth song on the album and like the original incarnation was all about like like it was Anal Nathrak worship which is like uh, a two piece uh, grindcore black metal project from Birmingham that I was obsessed with uh, in 2007 when we first made the album, me and my mate Mike Vanderbilt. So yeah, it's, it's been a it's been a mad like long process getting to this point, but like finally going to release it after what is it like 18 years or something mad. <laughs> so how how old were you when you when you're working on this the first time around? Um, it's probably like so 2007. Uh, let's say 2005 when we began working on it. I was born in 85, so... 95. I was, like, 21, 22. I'm yeah. 36 now. That's cool. I mean, because it's, it's it's a pretty cool combination, right? Like, so you've, you're, you've got these kind of ideas from your youth and then, like, your kind of wisdom and technical knowledge to kind of refine them. I think it's, it's nice. It's, like, sort of having your cake and eating it. 
Yeah, exactly. Best of both. Exactly. It was like as like, I, like that bread, right? Fifty fifty. Best of both. <laughs> best of both. Yeah. Like like as I was starting to incorporate more metal into my uh, vaporwave project, which Winter Quilt did start off as like a midi vaporwave project. There was never any like idea of bringing metal into the equation, and then it just started happening over time, and then each release kind of got more elements of metal. Uh, but like this new album's so much heavier. It's not like it's 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 you know you, you can blend black metal into all kinds of different genres: vaporwave, uh, shoegaze, like fucking post-punk. You can blend black metal into that stuff like really easily. But like <clears throat> this new album, it's it's like it's heavy. It's it's not um, black metal doesn't have to be heavy. It's more about atmosphere, and so like. This album is more about like brut- brutality, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, yeah. uh, I didn't have the uh, the technical abilities to achieve that, like before kind of the end of all this chord. Yeah, and I started to see a path as to how I would actually recreate this in MIDI because I can't play the guitar that well anymore. I was well better back back then, but it's like um, you've got to be an athlete to play extreme metal guitar. It's, it's exhausting. I'm too too tired for that shit these days. Like so. <laughs> <laughs> Like I can't wait to see how it's received, right? Because I think like uh, metal guys, I, I wrote in this in this blog post that like uh, most vaporwave people are kind of um, like emigres from from like various music scenes, of which metal is like makes up a big part. Like there's 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 a bunch of people in our world who are like have kind of left metal scenes for for various reasons, or even like still active in metal scenes, like. Um, I know, I know. You, the the guy from Geometric Lullaby, right, is has an active metal. Yeah, he's project, in. A, right? I don't know yeah, if that's, Dennis that's public in, knowledge or not. Yeah, no, it's he's he's the guitarist. He's the frontman of Ghostbath. Yeah, like a, a black metal band from the US. But yeah, I mean, nobody starts with vaporwave, do they? Like to, to get to vaporwave, maybe you've some got kids. to have been maybe uh, little ones. Yeah, you, you've you've been interested in ex- like um, unusual and underground music for quite a while to found yeah. vaporwave, and whether whether that's been coming from like the kind of more uh, obscure elements of electronic music, or whether you've come from some kind of metal background, like it's very common. Like I did a survey on Twitter recently, and it was like sixty five percent of people said they went into extreme metal before vaporwave. Um, yeah. but yeah it's very very common in the scene like cool yeah not not only that like a lot of the people who making this music or listening to this music have a background in metal like quite a lot of them like will be making vaporwave because you know they 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 found like working within within like genres like metal or like being a classical composer or a jazzer like they found those those boundaries too too constricting so like you know vape, vaporwave is like the place where they can really really push at the walls yeah totally yeah 100 percent. i agree <laughs> <laughs> and I, th- I think like this this is this is about as about as far as i've seen those walls push so it's, it's gonna be <laughs> fascinating to see how people react to it. i think it's it's such a statement drop coming out on halloween i think there's gonna people are gonna really like it there will be a few people who are like what the hell is going on here? yeah I, yeah I, I'd, I'd imagine you're comfortable with that oh yeah absolutely like i absolutely like love the fact, like, the randomness, like, I think it's a common thread in my music is, like, um, my music is very instinctual and, like, my instinct tends to be, like, the unusual combination of, like, musical elements. I've always, all my favourite, like, all my favourite black metal has always been the weird stuff that incorporates other elements and all my favourite anything is the same. Like, I'm into 
fusions of like unlikely uh, components. And to go further than that, the idea that this album is coming out on my Pet Flamingo makes me laugh so much. Like I think it's absolutely fucking hilarious because it's just even just the fact that there's an Alan Athrak cover on my Pet Flamingo is hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah, and I love the idea. That's of, in like, keeping with the spirit of Winter Quilt, right? Like you, you, you've done like telepath covers and stuff before. Like it's it's like a nice little formula for a Winter Quilt record, right? Like it finishes with a cover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I've got I've got like black metal people because I released oh this the the oh this Cordia LP came out on a metal label, so I've like through kind of connecting with people who know me from the Repost Record LP of oh this Cordia, I've got them onto like telepath and vaporwave in general through like talking to them about that what cover. You, what you need to do now is you need to release like the most vaporwave record imaginable on on a metal label. Yeah. That's what needs to happen yeah. next. Well, honestly, like that's why the whole vaporwave black metal thing came up because like vaporwave and especially the vaporwave of telepath it's so black metal in a way that like a lot of people don't see but if you're into the ambient like depressive forms of black metal like vaporwave is like it's so haunting and ambient and and like dark like a lot of a lot of telepaths like really moody and like spooky and um yeah i've got loads of people anyway who've like reached out to me from the repost records otis cody lp got loads of them into black metal uh, sorry, into uh, Vaporwave, and, like, hopefully someone will, like, Google an Arnathrak that is, like, into future funk <laughs> when this comes out on My Pet Flamingo. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I think we should give give the people a taste of, of what this record sounds like. So, so the, the track you want us to play is um, the first one, right? Here There Be Monsters. Yeah. Um, to, to my ears, like, this is, like, a really good summation of, of the record as a whole, right? Because it's got this, like, really extreme metal stuff, um video game stuff um it sound, it's got like a mixture of real guitars right as well as like really really like blatantly midi sounds no is, is that correct like, there's real guitars on there it's all no program. no no real instruments that's at all oh man well you you did some very very convincing uh guitar <laughs> programming oh nice one yeah yeah would have been uh, easier to play wouldn't it well that's <laughs> now nah, like um i just you know, with the exception of the unplugged thingy that I did, like, I just think yeah. that the, I, I like this project being, like, pure MIDI, and um, it's not like I'm trying to recreate the sound of a guitar, but, like, it's it's sitting in the same sonic space. Uh, but, yeah, it was important for me to, like, not include any real instruments other than the human voice in this album, like, so I do all the singing, cool. and right. me, me mate uh, Chris Butterworth yeah. from uh, a host of, like... UK extreme metal bands is the guy who does extreme metal vocals on uh, all of the tracks bar track two, which is the original vocalist that we had for Uncle Ghost that we we met through MySpace. Uh, something uh, you're on MySpace from Tom uh, Tom from MySpace, aren't you? So um, yeah. remember those days, <laughs> like but. Yeah, like Starak from France was the original vocalist and he only ended up doing vocals for one track, which was the only track on the Uncle Ghost demo that had vocals. So we've managed to keep his vocals for track two and the rest of Chris. Um, but yeah, yeah, to, to, this is the opening track to the album, yeah. Enjoy.
earlier early on in the production process i remember seeing a screenshot of your like fruity loops session and uh like one of the channels was like named eminem bit or something yeah like that. yeah is, yeah is, is that in this because <laughs> there's, there's like some kind of there's there's like some harpsichordy stuff right which yeah. is like pure slim shady you've is, absolutely is, is that nailed it, it yeah it is yeah and, oh uh, man i'm on no no no, no yeah, you're correct but uh i was when I when we were talking about what song I was going to play on the podcast, I was in work and I was listening through that track trying to like figure out at what point in the song that was because it's a long song in there and like a student knocked on the yeah. door and he come in and uh, mm-hmm. I told him about this this like hip hop breakdown within this like, extreme midi metal song that I was picking for the podcast and he said it sounds like Eminem and it does doesn't it it sounds like the yeah. Marshall Mathers EP like like that plump yeah. uh, plicky. Uh, plucky sound but yeah it's yeah. a sort of harpsichord sound did, yeah did yeah harpsichord. but yeah i remember you commented on that when i posted it on twitter and uh you, you're right yeah that is exactly the path that's the m&m path oh man <laughs> i'm glad my ears are working yeah yeah he's right Ten that's points. really cool i mean that, that's like a bit of a, a theme of the record right not not like m M&M references but like just um <laughs> these these kind of like genre switches switches genre switch ups right like it's it's common uh, to both these records that we've been talking about, right? Like the Eventual Infinity record as well. But like, um, there's some just some things that like caught my ears. Like, um, I've written for Ascend the Slippery Way, which is track two. Oh yeah, I've written fun, fun twelve eight pirate section. Yeah, it's like yeah. a Pirates of the Caribbean bit yeah. that comes in. That's that's really cool. Um, and that's like followed up followed up by some serious donk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, can I tell you, actually, before yeah, yeah. we move on, like, do you know, we've ascended the slippery way, right? Uh, so, so my, me mate Michael Van der Waal, who I mentioned before, who, who programmed the original drums for the demo, um, I, and I should say, right, I should say at this point, actually, all of the drums from this album have taken the MIDI from his original uh, programmed drums, and... Mm-hmm. A lot of it's the same. A lot of it's exactly the same. Some sounds changed. Some of it's like uh, re redone to match the evolved compositions. And some of it's completely brand new to like um, you know for for parts that weren't in the originals at all. But yeah, I send this slippy way. Uh, the lyrics of that um, were came from an instruction manual that Mike's dad got. He he, he ordered like a a DIY shower construction unit and <laughs> it was from some dodgy website like so it turned up I know where this is going yeah and, and the uh, the instructions were like the worst translated Chinese to English like instructions <laughs> you've ever seen in your life and all of the lyrics in Ascend the Slippery Way are taken from that um, like they're generally like pretty long sentences as well like I've not just like taken words from it I've included like full sentences from the instructions as lyrics in the song and like he he, he managed to do it like he, he constructed the shower which i do not know how he was able to do that like because <laughs> it was total gibberish but uh that's yeah, where the lyrics riddles yeah like i mean you can hear at the beginning of the song there's a cappella part a cappella part of the uh, vocal and you can hear what i'm saying it's yeah. like total gibberish so imagine trying to use them as instructions you know those vocals are fantastic. Like, forgive me, like, because my my metal references are so basic. But like, the on the on these two tracks on Here There Be Monsters and Ascend the Slippery Way, yeah. like the 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 so the the acapella stuff at the the start of track two, like, it really reminded me of System of a Down. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
how sort of wacky the lyrics are and you know these kind of like funny harmonic minor kind of um harmonies and stuff you know it's like un- unashamedly out there yeah well th- like that wasn't on purpose but you're definitely right and like for instance on the end of the weiss track three uh there's the, that whole yeah. outro section uh that is like essentially the vocals are the chorus vocals that happen two times pre like earlier in the, in the track and it's just that reversed over the new like inverted commas guitar part and it, it's weird that it worked in general, but even weirder that it sounds like almost exactly like Serge Takanen from System of a Down. Yeah, yeah. It, it's weird because like loads of the vocals before that kind of do as well. Like again, wasn't a conscious decision. I do love System of a Down, but it wasn't like oh, cool. A I'm, I'm glad I didn't put my foot in it then. I've got the um, I've got the lyrics to "Send the Slippery Way" up. I'm just, I was just reading through them when you were just talking. Oh, go on, and yeah. I, can I can I just read the do first? A, do a dramatic oh, that'd, reading. That'd be can so I just read? Funny if you did. Can I, do you want me to read the whole the whole track? I was I was going to read the first uh, the first three lines, but I can I, I can I can read. Yeah, the give a, give yes. us a blast. Read as much as you yes. want. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Perpendicularity falling away. <laughs> Insert the both ends of the slippery way, dismantling the place that sticks to the inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Who's carrying that? The sea. <laughs> The seamy side faces, magnetic stripe, inflection to meet in the ball, wrap the sides to use from offend, adjust the good position. <laughs> I mean, I kind of, I feel, I feel like I've, I've, I've like definitely received something in the mail before where, you know, you just be pulled up, pull, pull out the instructions and they read yeah, kind yeah. of similar, similar sort of thing. To oh yeah. yeah. It's like baby shit, isn't it, yeah, Jay? Yeah. Like, like any baby stuff you buy from the internet, it's like, yeah. it's so critical that you assemble this <laughs> thing right as well for like the safety of your child. Oh yeah. It's in this sort of ancient, like Chinese riddles <laughs> yeah. you have to solve. And it's by brands it. like Ujoyvi oh, or something. Yeah, <laughs> the brands are always some weird thing. Yeah, like a Joy V or <laughs> exactly Bali <yeah>. Woo. <laughs> it's but like I, what one one of the like budget musical instrument brands, like these sort of Chinese copies, is called Donna, which I really like. It <laughs> yeah. they've kind of come from nowhere and they do these like shameless clones of they're like they're like a Behringer clone yeah. company, like right, yeah. not not. You know they're cloning Behringer stuff like it's one one rung down down the ladder. <laughs> yeah, they're called they're called Donna. So um, I call that yeah, the Donna, uh, Donna reindeer. Lens. Donna Lens, yeah, of course, the reindeer yeah. company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The reindeer company. Oh yeah, you know on Donner. I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> on Donner on Blitzen. Oh, yeah, that, that, you know the name of. <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, li- I'd, li- I'd never thought of it like that. Sure Hayden, this is the Halloween episode. It's not the Christmas episode. You're confusing us. <laughs> okay, I'll keep off Christmas. <laughs> well, well, we may we will need to do a Christmas episode. Actually, I, I, Hayden, I don't know if you're getting involved, and I don't, I don't know if we're realistically going to be able to get involved like time wise. But I know Pacific Plaza are putting together one of those Christmas compilations. Ooh. So yeah, maybe maybe we'll need to do a Christmas show with with some of the acts <sighs> on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm still <laughs> I'm still on the fence on that one. Yeah, I'd I'd like to participate, but um, it's me really, too. We, we, we yeah. should really be making our making our album, Jay, shouldn't we? Rather than um, <laughs> <Christmas> music. 
Also, my taste in Christmas music is appalling. I've talked about this before, but I'd just be like blasting away on that Paul McCartney um, CS80 patch, the like stupid, and wonderful I w- Christmas time. And, and, and I won't be stopping you, so. <laughs> oh, man, you need to stop me. Anyway, anyway, um, Chris, you said track three is called The Weiss, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what is that? I was okay. going with Wicker in my head. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up because this is quite a funny story as well. So, the Weiss, um, it's an old English word for witch, essentially. So, that's what the song's about. Yeah. But the original incarnation of it in its uncle ghost uh, past, it was called the Noid. And um, do you know, you know what the Noid is? No. No. Okay, so the Noid, um, I think it was some kind of... Amer- You'll know, Peyton. You know what the Noid is, don't you? Yeah, wasn't it some kind of character or something? Yeah. From a show? So it was, no, it wasn't a show. It was, uh, well, kind of was for me, but what annoyed was, it was a marketing scheme by, was it like Subway or, um, does that ring a bell, Peyton? Man, I don't know. I just I can kind of picture the Noid. Weren't, okay, yeah, he's a jug. He's like, like a a big, he's like a big jug of Kool Aid or something, isn't he? As you'd say, <laughs> what? Okay, like I don't the, the know. Noid. This oh, okay, yeah, maybe yeah, I'm wrong yeah. about that. But is that the Noid? He's got like no, the um, Noid. He, he was like, like part ears. of an advert. He was part of an yeah, advert see, for like Domino's. Domino's, yeah. There you go. Does, does he look like a jug, or did I just make that up? No, he's got like um, he's got like rabbit ears. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like a so, mask. Am I remembering? Yeah, right? he's like yeah, red. it's like a it's like a mask that's that's like uh, the ears are part of the mask. Yeah, yeah, yep. But what it was, right? Like we were. This is around 2006. And me and my mate Mike and Gilly and his brother James. We were sitting around and his stone to the gills, and we were watching Family Guy. And there was a bit in Family Guy where like the annoyed burst through a wall or something like that. But we didn't know. We didn't have the cultural uh, reference of the annoyed. We didn't know what it was. So for us, it was just like a dead random thing that made us all laugh because we were blitzed. And we decided to call that track annoyed. But like in this incarnation of its release, um, I realised that like. The Noid isn't random. Like it's the, the, for us, the Noid was like all random, and then we found out it was from Subway or whatever. But like, you know, being part of the vaporwave scene, you guys will know this, Jay and Tom. Like, most of the audience American, so yeah. they're gonna all get the reference of the Noid, and it's just gonna be like a little bit too random. I know, I know the track before that's about like DIY shower construction, but like it's a bit weird calling it the Noid, so. Me mate Gilly had like a poem uh, called The Weiss and I, I, I listened to the song and I worked out that like the the, the poem was really like uh, fitted with the music so we, we changed it up like and called it The Weiss instead because be, yeah, you know, a strange reference there's, to... There's a funny sample at the beginning, right? It, it says like, like yeah. what is this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it, that's a nice kind of. Do you know what that's uh, from? Like a question to be asked about the whole album. No, no, go on. Uh, well, that, that it's funny you say that because yeah, like I really like the fact that uh, that sample serves as a point where like the, you know you had like two mad tracks that come before it, and it's like a little respite where the uh, the narration of the album was kind of like wondering, like questioning what what the fuck's going on. But actually, it's from <laughs> Resident Evil One, the PlayStation One version. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's like loads of people will, will get onto that sample, like. But obviously, my name is Chris too, so it's kind of an in joke, like. 
but yeah, yeah, yeah it, says, it says it says something about Chris's blood, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I hope it's not Chris's blood, but there's there's there's, uh, there's, there's like a couple of little video game samples throughout the album. There's a uh, Mortal Kombat samples on that same track actually. Finish him. Oh, no, that's on that send the slippery way. This is a vaporwave record. This is undisputably a vaporwave record. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's got two PlayStation One samples, so basically vaporwave. Yeah. That's it. That's okay. <laughs> tick, that's tick. Great. Yeah. Yeah. You make a convincing argument. Yeah, there you go. I rest my case. <laughs> Chris, is there is there anything more that you that you'd like to kind of um, tell us about the record? Like any sort of nuggets, anything that will. Um, help like a a sort of uh a, a scared listener through their, their first <laughs> listen to the record like is there any is there anything that kind of illuminates um listening to the album anything you can tell us um there probably is like but i've had a few beers at this point and i can't quite think but <laughs> you know like essentially it's just like it like like we were talking before about like the vaporwave scene like for me this is my of all the stuff I've released, this is my like uh, album that like is most just about like making the music that feels natural to you. Like it's it's all over the place, and there's so many different genres thrown in, and it's like on a on a label that it technically doesn't like it doesn't fit, but just just it's just a it's like you know there should be no rules to music is what I'm trying to say, and like. Yeah, I've got no idea what my point is there, like, but it's, no, it's just a. Uh, yeah, it's just. It's no, I think it is a good point because I think there's this whole, you know, argument that's raging. It's like saying you need to make music that's very, like, clearly and unambiguously in a genre. Like, I'm, I'm sure we all enjoy listening to music, which is like really beautiful examples of a genre. But like, you know, like we've all got distinct personalities, and like. Um, you know, expressing that personality through like insane kind of genre hybrids. If that's a natural thing for you to do, like why why are other people telling you not to do it? Exactly, like, it's crazy. Like it would be, it'd be like denying you the the right to to like proper self expression. Well, well, going back to what you said about like you, you noticed that there was a track that was named Eminem a while back when I was like posting little yeah. snippets and stuff. I remember you saying something on Twitter saying like about don't name tracks, like. The <laughs> yeah. the Tycho part, or the yeah, you know what I mean. Like like and like obviously, yeah, I've got against that with the Eminem thing. But like, what I'm trying to say is, I agree with that. Like, don't, don't worry about what other people have done. Don't worry about like what's socially yeah. acceptable within like the genre you're working with. Just make some mad music, and like often the the most unexpected elements are the bits to like elevate something to like be interesting. You know what I mean? And like people get so worked yeah. up about like genre and scene and stuff like and just make some funny stuff like yeah i think i think my point i did yeah when when i was saying that i think it was like if you name your if you give your music like a really generic working title like you're in danger of making music that sounds exactly like someone else or like you know is like it sounds like a kind of royalty free version of something yeah, that's better yeah, yeah. uh you know like a kind of sound alike thing you know it's just you know you call your thing uh like uh white stripes uh type <laughs> beat yeah it's like, okay great like that's that's not going to sound very good is it no like, just, i'm gonna make a song called white white stripes type beat now yeah 
Yeah, it's gonna oh, be man. weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be as weird as you can like these days. Everything's been done, so just yeah. be weird. Be be yourself and be weird with yeah, it. Man. Like, and, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like genres in the new genres in themselves are kind of hybrids of existing things, aren't they? Like yeah. it, it's just like yeah. it kind of coalesces, coalesces around like a group of people who are doing similar things at the same time. But like you know, nothing nothing appears in a vacuum. And like if if making sort of hybrid music is the most natural thing in the world to you, then then you should do it, right? You shouldn't worry too much about what other people have to say. Hundred percent. Yeah, fully agree. And when I. You, you know, when I hear or when I heard your album, Chris, it was like, mm-hmm. this is you. It just it just sounded like you. It's, you know, it's <laughs> it's funny. It's uh, clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's well, all clever, sorts but... of different things that you love that are just smashed together. And it just feels like this album is you. Well, th- thank you very much for that, Payton. And, and like, I agree, like, you know, funny is definitely a big point. That's why I love old Nick so much. Like, I you know you've got... Oh yeah, you're into a bit of old Nicky self, Payton, and like yeah, it's so you. yeah, exactly. And, and like black, like comedy is so like rarely done in rarely done well in metal, but like it's it's definitely the funniest kind of music metal. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous, like. And uh, but it's also know, uh, like your album is just so heavy and brutal at the same time. It's such an interesting combination. It's like, how do you make that? How do you make the humor come through? Like, that's why it's so (laughs) clever. Um, It's just so, so cool because, you know, when I was listening to it, I just kind of got it. It's like, I got the parts that were funny. I got the ones that were more serious, um, but it all kind of has a tinge to, you know, not taking itself too seriously, which is really hard to do in music. Oh, thank so, you. Good and job on that. Th- thank you very much. And like, you know how much I love your album, and we should definitely talk about this before we go. Like, we, I one hundred percent called that our album was going to come out at the same time, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, me, 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 and Peyton have been working on these albums for about. Obviously, my album was uh, in the works since two thousand and seven, but I started remaking it as a Winter Quilt album. In what was it? Like, was it twenty? Uh, 2020 yes it was 2020 yeah. and that was around the same time Payton started working on his album and there was nothing yeah. to suggest that our albums would come out at the same time but like we, I'm, I'm like we're, we're close like so we talk all the time and we're like sharing each other whips and that and I've been saying for about two years now our album is going to come out at the same time and then there was, there was a period where there was nothing to suggest that was like going to be the case and then yeah. it all came together like Payton told me about him like uh and I, I told him about like having like releasing on my Flamingo and he ended up reaching out to Jay and here we are like within what is is it is it, is it like a week apart our albums are coming no, out it's, yeah three, a few, few days three yeah, yeah. days <laughs> three days yeah. apart yeah. three days apart it's, so, yeah it's a nice sort of cosmic coincidence under yeah, normal circumstances these records like superficially they like they got they got very little to do to do with each other right but there's there's actually like. There's some really nice threads that, that th- bind yeah. them, right? I think the, the main yeah. things these two albums got to do with each other is, like, other than the kind of, like, darker tone, like, I think this is probably safe to say that this is your darkest album in it, Payton. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. But, all, but also, I think it's that it's our best albums, to be fair. Like, it, it's our kind of, yeah. uh, you know, best achievements, best attempts at this point, like, and, and yeah. They're also both sort of um, heavily exploring this genre bending, genre smudging sort of yeah. theme. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's another thing yeah. that kind of that kind yeah. of that kind of pairs them up a little a little bit. You're both kind of experimenting with different, you know, like basically like what we've been talking about today. 
Yeah. It, it was meant to be. Like not fashionable these it's not fashionable these days to spend loads of time on a record like i know like daniel eck from spotify was saying that like the old-fashioned <laughs> sort of year or two believe between sort of album release cycles is way too long he, would, do, age. he like, would say that you though, need to me? just bang, bang tunes out yeah which is funny because but, um, i was thinking about how um this album that i I, I did. It is not playlist friendly at all because all the songs blend into <laughs> no. each other. So like when the tracks yeah. cut, it's like at these kind of, you know, it's it's a time where it's it transitions into the next song. So you know the the two you've singles, made like a stream streaming friendly streaming friendly single versions, haven't you? Like because because it, it's actually yeah. like I know it's sort of designed not to be like an algorithm record but like i i've yeah. the, the singles have been cropping up in my um discover weekly or release radar or whatever and it like um it sounds fantastic in there like probably because it's like you just haven't it, you didn't just bang it out in a in a day right like you, you've you've actually worked on this and uh you yeah. know put, put a lot of yourself into it and I, I think it shows yeah the project i think the um some of the early stuff from this this album was uh october 2020 is when i started it like right at the beginning of October 2020. So it has been two years in the making. Yeah. So it's really surreal. And I, I, you know, I do want to say thank you to, to Chris and to, to Jay, you know, for, um, you know, Chris, we talked so much throughout the, <laughs> the whole process of this and it's been crazy watching our songs evolve. Um, and then also, you know, Jay and uh, Time Slave, just, you know, thanks so much for believing in me and, and this, uh, this project and helping bring it to life. It's, it's really kind of a, a weird, um, coincidence that it, <laughs> they're being released on, you know, sister <laughs> labels, um, on the same weekend, you know, of, you know, one of the spookiest weekends of the year, it's just all too perfect. So I just want to say thank you. And then also, you know, thank you, Tom, for uh, bringing me on the podcast too. It's been, it's been really cool talking through all this. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, been, yeah. it's been Thank really you. nice to like. Obviously, I was speaking to Jay loads on WhatsApp, hassling him as his uh, pregnant girlfriend struggles through life, and I've been like messaging <laughs> him at four in the morning because I had some idea about the color of the shell. Like, um, but yeah, so thank thank you loads for that. Like, I've never had such a positive experience working with a label. I've never had a negative experience working with a label, but like, I know I can be a lot uh, when it comes to like release some music because I've got like a very particular uh, vision for my stuff but uh, Jay you've been fantastic in putting up with me like I really appreciate it and Tom it's been fantastic to like finally speak uh, we've, we've, we've sent the odd whatsapp message to each other but uh, yeah. this has been a really fun uh, podcast I've really enjoyed chatting to you mate for the first time you sent me a good one about the price of um, sandwiches in yeah. London <laughs> you, were hor- you were horrified <laughs> hey listen you know, it wasn't even the price. The maddest thing was, uh, I, I ordered a bacon butty, and he asked me if I wanted a duck egg on it. It's like fucking hell, egg. <laughs> duck egg? You messing? That's wow. far out. Jesus wow. Christ! I don't think that's that's not a normal occurrence. But you, 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 it blew your mind, didn't it? Wasn't it fantastic? I, no, I didn't. Didn't get the duck egg. I don't want a duck egg on me bacon butty, mate. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> but but it was absolutely delicious. But like, you can st- keep the duck How egg. Was it? Keep, keep those Thames eggs. How much was it for the for the sandwich? Uh, it was like seven fifty, seven fifty. Yeah, yeah, no. okay. I know. Uh, I was going to guess that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everything seven fifty these it days. It was. Uh, it was in Wandsworth. Seven fifty. Wandsworth. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Lo- w- Wandsworth sounds absolutely fantastic in a Scouse accent. I don't think I- Wandsworth. I've never heard that before. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's better than saying chicken. Say say Wandsworth. Yeah. Wandsworth. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love your your American accent uh, that that you do, Chris. I mean, it's way better hey, than my Scouser attempt. Oh, hey, hey, Tony, <laughs> that one, I, that one, and just also <laughs> just like specific. Oh one. yeah, no, that's Tony, that's 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 that. like, hey, mafia hey, accents. Hey, dude, how are you? You know, you do a really funny like. Hey, dude. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's been so many like voice messages between us then that I, I can't remember particularly doing that. But I remember doing like I think in the Doink Squad group chat that I'm me and Payton in a group chat with Sierra Mist and Sage Hardware, and uh, oh, yeah, I remember yeah. he's all laughing at me East Eastern like me um, East Coast American hey, accent a while back like Hey Tony, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's funny, boys. We should we should wrap it up so we can all get back to our sort of um, yeah. yeah offspring, our miserable uh, lives. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's not not miserable at all. <laughs> the weather's miserable, but like yeah. you know, like the the yeah weather's miserable, but like it's the perfect weather for listening to these um you know like dark immersive records. Right. Right. Yeah, you thank guys you. Have timed it really well. Thank I you guys know, so I don't much. Know if there's any 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 final thoughts, like any 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 sort of exciting news on the horizon that that's not. This these record releases or you know it's it's full focus on on album promo now. Uh, any any sort of uh, news on the horizon? Yeah, no, I, I can chime in on that. Like so, um, I've got an EP out um, in January, which is actually the practical component of my dissertation. Uh, I've obviously just completed the audio production degree in December. Um, so yeah, that'll be quite interesting. It's it's a bit of a it's like kind of similar to the album, but less grandiose and less esoteric, and more like like if the Venga Boys were a grindcore band. Um, oh it's, it's like loads of like yes. Euro trash dance music wow. mixed with like MIDI death metal. So they started as a, like a legit techno group. Have you heard like early Venga Boys tunes? No, like no, they, they fucking slap. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. They, they they were like they were like legit techno DJs who like wow. Uh, they went they went corporate. Oh, amazing! Well, um, I love, I love uh, the Venga maybe Boys. Maybe we can link one. Uh, it's called I think it's called the Venga Beat. It goes um get down to the Venga Beat. It's a, it's a banger. It's so good. You have to link us up in a bit. Yeah, man. Hear yeah, it. yeah. He's right. Yeah, yeah, and um, if you slow down their tunes and put uh, like vinyl crackle on it, it sounds like basic channel. It sounds like um, sort of dub techno. Oh, amazing! Yeah, shout awesome. out, shout out the Venger boys. Yeah, shout out the Venger boys. <laughs> what about you, Payton? Any anything anything new other than the record? Well, I'm I'm all in on just getting this album out to as many years as possible. Um, yeah, I thought about taking a little bit of a break from music production and just focus on uh, piano. I've been playing, I have a little, you know, digital piano out in my living room that's been really nice to play. And I've just been working on my chops a little bit. So I think through the rest of 2020, I'm going to do that. But also, um, you know, Sleep Pattern, uh, the visualist, he's a good friend of mine here in Seattle. And we've been talking about it's time to do another show. We played one this summer um, with uh, Groovy Kaiju and another local future funk DJ. And we're, you know, talking about doing another show either, you know, in January or February. So thinking about that. Um, and then also f- as far as like the future of like what I want to do with this project, I I don't know if I'm ready to start on a new album, but I do want to, I've been making just for fun kind of like ambient music and just playing around with ambient stuff. So I think I'm just going to go through a little bit of just a experimental explorative period where I just kind of figure out what's next. Um, 
I went to Iceland for my birth- birthday this summer, which is why I missed uh, Electronicon 3. And I did a whole bunch of field recordings and took video and pictures. And I'm thinking of almost doing an album based on just that beautiful island. Um, yeah. I was going to say, you're going to blow up on like ambient social media. <laughs> That's you're what gonna, I'm thinking. You're going to be like top... top Top, top shot videos of like you playing synths with like nice sort of cactuses and yeah. and kind of artfully placed pens <laughs> on your desk is is going to blow up more yeah, soft top breakdowns down, top down videos with lots yeah. of succulents um, yeah for sure yeah yeah um, but like yeah oh, I just I don't know I've been feeling I've been feeling kind of ambient lately and I I also don't want to get ahead of myself but uh, Chris we gotta start doing some yeah. uh, collab stuff middle of hey, next year do you know what i was literally like trying to find a way in to remind yeah. you of that like <laughs> hey, me and payden have been talking for uh a long time about like making uh, a split EP, like not, not a split EP, like a collaborative collaborative project of sorts like uh whether it be a collaborative ep or a series of singles we're, we're yet to fully like lock on to the final form but um, yeah. we, we, we've spoke quite recently about like 2023 being the year that finally happens. Like I'm on a hiatus from making music till the end of the year, finishing some commission yeah. work up and then closing my commissions because I'm up the wall and I'm looking forward to like getting back to writing. And like, yeah. yeah, so hopefully in 2023, that'll be the year that me and Peyton finally make that album, like whatever it turns out to be. Nice. It's going to be a big year for all of us, I can tell. I think so, yeah. Hopefully we'll meet up soon as well. Like uh, you know, it might take a little bit longer with Payton, but with uh, Jay and Tom, hopefully we'll uh, get a get a chance to like meet up in real time in twenty twenty three. And yeah, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, so the, the next next thing we've got is this this London show. Yeah. Um, and you know that that going well. Like, um, hopefully it can be a format that we take on the road. Like, yeah. Jay and I have been working quite hard on the on the Donor Lens live show and like getting it. To be a format that that travels well is is like a big part of the well, thing. It doesn't even have to travel, to be honest. It's just like at this point in time, I can't make it to London. But like, because I've been a I've been a student for two years and I've only just started working again. But like, uh, you know, hopefully by by the time next summer comes along, I'd I'd be hundred percent down for coming down to London to catch use play live. Um, it's been so nice to talk to you guys. Um, like yeah, uh, guys. Really yeah, thank guys. you, thank you both for coming on. It's been wicked, finally, like kind of chatting with both 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 of you because obviously we've been we've spoken online and stuff like that before. But it's it's always um, cool to like hear people's voices and be able to have like a pro- proper chat and stuff like that. So um, and I just wanted to say as well, yeah. thank you both of you for like uh, choosing to work with uh, Time Slave, choosing to work with my pet my pet flamingo. Like it's been an absolute pleasure to have both of you. Um, oh, I'm just fucking buzzing for these two albums to come out. I mean, you guys have both worked like so hard, and they uh, they've you know come together beautifully. Um, and yeah, I just, I can't wait for them to be unleashed on the world. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. Like it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure. I know me and Payton can both agree that it's been a pleasure to work with you, Jay, and. Uh, Thanks so much for having us on. I've really enjoyed this. Like, it's, uh, it's been boss. We should, we should yeah, do it again definitely, soon. Like, definitely. yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you so sure. much. It. I mean, I already right. pretty much enjoy gushed. your your evenings, evenings slash mornings. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah, sound. Yeah, Peyton, have a good yeah. day. Love these guys. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you.